What's up everyone? It's Brittany and welcome to One Hot Mess Live. So yeah, got a pretty good, interesting little show planned out. We'll see if it goes as planned because usually when I go live, it does not go as planned because I never get to talk about what I want to talk about. And what I want to talk about tonight is well, the different types of fuckboys. Okay, because there is supposedly 15 different types to be exact. And uh, yeah, if the man you're seeing is this type of guy, he's not getting any better. Let's just say that, all right? All right, just going to wait a minute for some people to get up in here real quick. And I am going to apologize right now. If you hear some crazy shit going on in the background, that's probably because someone's in the kitchen making banana pudding, and I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, um, let's see. Evet, I'm going to get started. And yeah, we'll see what happens, I guess. So, fuckboys are plentiful in today's society. And the funny thing about that is that this subcategory of men has actually evolved into an entire umbrella term that covers a wide variety of just straight up bad behavior. If you've ever, you know, been to a club or anywhere like that, you may have seen a large array of different fuckboys all displaying their various plumages. You know what I mean? Like they come in huge variety of different flavors, but they all have the same damn outcome. They don't do commitment and they'll lie to you and drop you like a rock once they hear what they won't. So here are the most common kinds of fuck boys and why you will hate those mofos. Sorry, one second. All right. <clears throat> I don't know if y'all can hear that now, but I hear the little mixer going from them making the banana pudding in the kitchen. <laughs> Hopefully you can't hear it. I can't really hear it in my headphones, so I hope you guys don't hear it. But anyway, moving on. Um... All right, so, yeah, mm -hmm. the first type of fuck boy is the soft boy, okay? And this is the fuck boy who keeps talking about his feelings. He's mushy and gushy and will write you poetry in a heartbeat. <laughs> he swears he would not hurt a fly. He seems so sensitive and so nice, doesn't he? That's why he really blindsides you when he drops you like a damn rock. 
These fuckboys are most commonly recognized by their acoustic guitars and their crappy tasting music. Then we got the second type of fuckboy, Mr. Nice Guy. And this is that one guy who everyone warned you about. And realistically, he's both a fuckboy and a category all of his own, honestly. Assuming we look at, we look past the fact that he's entitled, misogynistic, and he lashes out in extreme anger over any rejection or sideways glance he receives. Most nice guys will eventually break it off with their manic pixie dream girl because they only feel validated when they are having sex with women. Lots of women. Sincere as his pleas may seem for a girlfriend, it's safe to say that he's not a fuckboy and an abusive one at that. Did I say he's not because he is, is what I meant. They're easily spotted thanks to their whiny demeanor, their fedoras, and yeah. All right. Then you got the next one, the little fake ghetto people dudes. Fuck boys, my bad. So he might be an aspiring rapper. (laughs) Or he might be a local drug dealer in the suburbs. Whatever role may be in the hood of his upper class neighborhood, you can bet that he spends at least $100 at the club every week. Likely has at least one child he's not seeing and also will say anything to get you into bed. Now, they are most easily recognized by wearing urban clothing their mom gave them, listening to Kanye West and other, you know, mainstream rappers discussing the hood despite living in suburbia and talking about how they'll make it big once they drop that sick new album that totally doesn't sound like Jay-Z's latest bit at all. Hmm. Then there's the guy who strings you on you know you've been talking for months even years unfortunately he still doesn't want to show himself off as committed trust me there's a deadline before you end up being a fuck boy's placeholder girl no do you want to be a placeholder girl no you do not then we got mr summer of 69 This guy might have dropped too much acid or might have popped too much molly during his party days. Whatever caused it, he's a bit burnt out. And if you haven't guessed it, Mr. Summer of 69 is a full swing hippie and will talk you to death about free love until the topic of commitment goes away and then there's just like the burnout you know in high school he might have been considered pretty cool because of all the drugs he did now he's got all the intelligence of a dead goldfish and the romantic attention span of one too unlike mr summer of 69 who 
could possibly be gainfully employed as a festival stagehand or vendor, the burnout fuckboy can't keep a job. Hell, he can't even do much other than drool and talk about getting laid. Sorry, guys. So sorry. So sorry. Pardon me. I had a text. I know. Terrible. Anyway, yeah. Then we got Mr. Finding Himself. Now, this fuck boy seems like the real deal in every sense of the word. He's smart. He's well-rounded, family-friendly, and really romantic. He also has a new age hipstery twist, unfortunately. Just as things are getting serious, he ends up deciding that he needs to travel the world to find himself. He then tells you, condescendingly, that he hopes that you will wait for him when he gets back. Good Lord. All right, then you got the ghetto glam. He works out. He's got tattoos. He has an Instagram filled with heavily Photoshop pictures. He expects any girl he's casually sleeping with to be a size zero, have breast implants, have a huge paycheck that he will be able to access, and also not complain when he treats her like an object or an ATM. His biggest issue? He thinks he lives in a rap video, and he thinks looking decent will get him out of the hood, most visible by the fact that all he ever talks about is his stupid car and his stupid bodybuilding. In a word, he's the most vapid person on this list. <laughs> oh man, good stuff. Sorry. Last time, guys, hold on. Alrighty. Then you have the unlabeler. This guy will say you're dating. He'll say he cares about you. He'll expect you to be loyal to him. When it comes to commitment, though, he will always say, let's not label things. And he seems so normal. It's such a, a shame that he ended up being a fuckboy, right? <laughs> Hello, Susan. How are you? Where are you from? All right, moving on anyway to the next. We got the Midnight Rider, okay? The Midnight Rider is that one fuck boy who only calls late at night. And when he does call, it's never really coherent. Um, aside from showing zero respect for your needs or schedule, his other winning quality is sending you dick pics in, oh Lord, like, why did you give him his, your number anyway? Come on now. Didn't get the bro. This is the guy who has the upscale job that earns six figures and the one who 
has a pack of rabid frat boys living life along with him. He doesn't want a commitment unless it will further his career, and you can bet that it won't be a happy marriage. Most commonly, bros are the fuckboys who will make remarks about your weight or ask you to go tanning. And the post-ghosting texture. It takes a certain level. Oh my gosh, okay, of bad manners to do this. Does this ever work? Seriously, just call him out on his fucked up behavior. Like what? The MRA. Now, unless you want to deal with PTSD from your dating life, you won't date a guy who hates women and sees them as inferior. And that's exactly what's wrong with these fuck boys. They also tend to be very anti-commitment and even more anti-marriage. No matter what you do, you will not be able to please him or convince him you're not out to get him. Just drop him. He's hopeless. And then there's the not looking for anything serious, dude, okay? If you really want something serious, just walk away the minute he says this phrase. He's a fuckboy if he says this phrase. Just so you know, just to be clear. All right, and how about Mr. XXX? This is that one fuckboy who right off the bat starts talking to you sexually on Tinder, at a bar, or via his fucking Craigslist. (laughs) And he has no shame. And of course, he'll send you dick pics too, just because he knows that it will piss you off. Now, this guy might also do revenge porn, you know, who knows? Hell. So steer clear of him at all costs. So the fact of the matter is that fuckboys suck. No matter what kind of fuckboy he is, you need to drop him ASAP. Capiche? Right on, y'all. Right on. (laughs) All right. Well, hell. Where is everybody at? Anyway, there you go. There's the... 15 different types of fuckboys. So, if you don't know, now you know. So, how about, let's talk about this now. Let's talk about seven things he does in bed. Oh, no, 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 no. Never mind. My bad. Eh, Scratch that one. That's the wrong thing. My bad. Mmm. Where did it go? Or we could talk about seven unsexy habits that demolish your likability. That may be something you might need to know, want to know, you know what I mean? I could see people wanting to know stuff like this, like subtle ways you make people dislike you. I would want to know shit like that. When people tell you, that you shouldn't care what people think of you, they're wrong. (laughs) The complexity of social dynamics cannot be resolved with such oversimplified advice. 
So here's what I think. You should not pay too much attention to what a single person or people think of a single decision or action of yours. However, you should care about the overall general opinion people have of you because if everyone thinks you're an asshole, then you most likely are. But yeah, here are the seven unsexy habits that demolish your likability. And the first one is breaking micro promises in day-to-day life. We tend to make a lot of micro promises to each other, right? Like, I'll return your car by 7 p.m. I'll meet you at the coffee house at noon, that type of thing. And anyway... People often break them thinking it's harmless, they'll return stuff later than promised, they're unpunctual, but it's anything but harmless. These broken micro-promises build up, and they accumulate, you know? People respect you less because you don't keep your word, and they grow a subconscious grudge against you because breaking promises feels deceitful to them. So a simple rule to follow is don't make promises you can't keep. And for some reason, if you're unable to keep the promise you made, inform and apologize. Hmm. All right. So the next thing, not being able to take a joke. Jesus, I cannot if you can't take a joke and you're too sensitive, get up out of here. Get away from me. Get out of my face. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot. But, I mean, people are often not able to take a joke at their expense. They have thin skin. And then they get offended easily whenever someone makes even mild fun of them. And this makes such people less likable as it shows that they are less secure with themselves. So the solution, my friends, is to develop a thicker skin and learn to steer into the skid. And when someone makes fun of you, learn to join them and laugh at yourself. This shows people that you're secure and it makes you more likable. All right, so the next extravagant fault finding. We've all met that one person, the person who claims that everyone is stupid. They're like Sherlock when it comes to finding people's flaws. And a lot of the times, these people criticize others for having a flaw that they possess as well. It's freaking ironic. I think it happens because of our egos. When we criticize others on something, we subconsciously tell ourselves, I'm better than him in this area. I do not have this flaw, even if that's false. That is why highly insecure people criticize everyone over everything. They think everyone else is flawed. And the truth is, we all have a tendency to find flaws in others. Okay, I've learned a good way to counter this. First, I try not to point out people's flaws, but let's be honest, we all end up finding flaws no matter how hard we try not to. So whenever I do point out someone's flaw, I try to follow it up with the statement, but that's okay. 
or like we're all young right now. I shouldn't expect people to be perfect. You know, so this reinforces in my mind that everyone has flaws and they don't need to be pointed out over and over again. So it's kind of rewired my mind to be less judgmental and I point out people's flaws less than ever. Go me, yeah. Overstepping your power. Now, we're all part of hierarchies. For instance, okay, you know, there's like interns at a hospital. So they work under junior residents, senior residents, assistant professors, associate professors in the HOD. So all of these are in a position of power, right? Okay. And they can exercise that power to some degree. But at times, oh, gee, Mr. Stealing Your Podcast. Hello, how are you? Where are you from? I don't even know what I'm saying now, but anyway. Yeah, I'll just move on. If you're in a position of power over someone, don't overstep it. People will hate you for it. That was my point of that, okay? (laughs) And giving... ...to go. But when unasked, more often than not, advice is not taken in good faith for two reasons. Because it's taken as criticism. Criticism, even if your intention was to help, and any advice is a proxy statement for, I know better. And the person you're giving advice to doesn't want to acknowledge or accept that you know better. That's why my rule is to not give advice unless the person really asks for it. Only very rarely, when I know that this person will take my advice and, you know, Do I give unasked advice? Only in good faith. (laughs) When they're in a meeting, or when they're out meeting a friend or a few friends, people, you know, they like to pull out their phones. And they don't realize that this is truly annoying to the person in front of them. When you whip out your phone for any other reason except for a genuine need to, you subconsciously convey, "Um, my phone is more interesting than you. And that kind of stings a little, right? Hence, don't keep your phone on the table, neither face up nor down. Keep it in your pocket. Give due attention to the person in front of you. You will be okay. Storytelling one-upmanship. Hmm. Now we're all storytellers and we all have a competitive nature. And that's why when someone tells a story, we feel the urge to try to one-up that person and tell a better story. And it can truly it can take truly stupid forms as well 
for instance, one might say, dude, I saw an accident on 4th Street. This and this happened. And the other might say something along the lines of, bro, that's nothing. I saw an even bigger accident last week. The person who tells a story has the spotlight. When you tell a better story, you try to steal the spotlight. You steal attention from them. And we all like attention. So no one likes the person that steals it from us. Therefore, if you have a better story, shut up. Save it for some other time, some other place. Let the fellow storyteller enjoy their spotlight. All right, all right, all right, all right. So just to recap this real quick. Seven social habits. That make people dislike you. Breaking micro promises. Getting over offended when someone makes fun of you. Finding flaws like it's your day job. Overstepping your power. Giving unasked advice. Taking out your phone during social gatherings. Trying to tell a better story and steal someone's spotlight. Yep, 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 yep. And that, my friends, about covers it. So thank you to those of you who stopped in or whatnot. Thank you for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Make sure to hit that follow button. Oh, also, make sure to join my fan club. All right, guys. Talk to you later. Have a lovely, beautiful day. I'm out. Bye.